that makes them want to share your information with other people. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to eliteagentsecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets show. Today, we've got Calvin Shropshire with us. He's been in real estate since 2005. He's got a team of six. He did 20 million, and that is on transactions that are between 190 and 215,000. So that's a lot of volume. Today's going to be breaking down having strong foundations, a good mindset, and the top lead sources for you to go out and crush it. Calvin, thanks for agreeing to come on the show and share your secrets to success with our wonderful audience. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. How about yourself? And thank you for having me. You know, it's, it's interesting here, my, my last name being English, hearing it come from an English person. <laughs> it sounds so much better than when I say it. <laughs> How do you say it? That's the question. Shropshire. Most people say Shropshire. Yeah, it's Shropshire. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most people say Shropshire. So. I, I just I just got to jump in and say I'm so proud of Andrew because he hasn't messed up surnames in like the last few podcasts and it's a running <laughs> joke. He's absolutely so Shropshire. It. <laughs> Love it. Like an on-running joke for our, for our audience who is common listeners, they, they, they will know how often it's like, yeah, that, that surname got fucked up. That, just got, yeah. that person just got literally obliterated in front of thousands of listeners. Um but no, it's uh, no, it's going to be great to have you to unpack some of your secrets. We're having a great off-air conversation, and we're actually going to sure. unpack it for our audience. There's, there's some intricacies to what you've done, which I actually think are really interesting. Um, but before we start, take us back. 2005, take us the day before. Why the hell did you get into real estate? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's really funny. It's a very sad, depressing story, but it's really funny. Um, so my cousin, who's a little bit younger than I am, was doing real estate back then. I was working at Cigna um, doing customer service for them. And my cousin was making a killing. She's in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she had this Infinity, this BMW, this nice town home. And I thought to myself, you know, I could do that. I could sell real estate. So went ahead got my license. As soon as I got licensed, I quit my job. Worst decision I think I could have made. Um, Two years into it, keep in mind the market was at its best. I never sold one house. I had lost everything. I finished my degree up, started working at a, another disability insurance company, um, was in customer service for a year, and then started doing IT for them. Um, uh, fast forward to, two, I think it was 2012, my wife had found one of my old business cards, and she's like, hey, you should give real estate another shot. And I was like, no, no, I don't, don't want to go down that path again. <laughs> Well, he's very persuasive, so I ended up doing it and um, ended up going to Keller Williams. Um, I What I realized was I needed to start educating myself, being become, becoming knowledgeable, um, start grinding a lot more, um, just eliminate my complete mindset of what I thought real estate was when I initially got into it. So I did that, um, left my job at Unum in 2014, started my team in 2014, um, we've remained at the top ever since, and now we have our own brokerage as well, too. So this is so humbling, and you are saying it is funny because it is quite funny. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big short basically epitomized, if you could breathe, you could sell homes back then. You could write mortgages, you could do it, and everyone was buying about 20 homes because there was no payments, or they thought, right? To the point right. Went away. And you're saying, yeah, yeah, I was started then. Didn't sell dick. 
nothing. Didn't say anything. <laughs> nothing at all. And I was like, it, was, it should have been so easy to do it, right? But I and I was in there every day. I was doing open houses for people. It was just I did not sell anything. I, I think I think that's almost like the most frustrating part, right? Like you you think you're doing all the right things. You're showing up and you're not getting any results. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you do then? Uh, file bankruptcy. That that's what I ended up doing. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to know, I'm just very transparent. I filed bankruptcy. I lost everything. I went through my savings. Um, but you know, I think the game changer when I came back in was becoming knowledgeable, like really, really educating, educating myself. Um, for example, one of the things I still do to this, do this day is every morning I'm getting ready, I watch two educational videos pertaining to real estate. This morning I was going over a market video, um, learned a lot through there. Um, I'm a big follower of like Greg Harrelson, Ben Kinney, um, Kevin Ward, a lot of them. Um, so I'm constantly educating myself on how to communicate with people because this is a communication business, Right how to understand, how to help them overcome their fears, um, how to help them develop a clear path of what they're trying to accomplish. And so those, those things, that's kind of what changed. And, you know, it's really funny because, (laughs) um, well, I don't know how far we can go into that, but it's really funny. The, the clientele that I end up attracting and getting and how I've beat other agents who've been doing this 30 years and things like that. Just through being knowledgeable. Yeah. I, I, I like one of the things that you're highlighting and, and you are naming, because that's typically my question. When we say knowledgeable, what do you mean? What are you listening to? Like some people think knowledgeable is just like reading a bunch of books, acquiring quote unquote skill sets, then you end up never using it. But what you're talking about is knowledgeable when it comes to your market, when it comes to your product, and then the supplemental skill set that help you execute and efficiently communicate what you already know or what's stored up here, right? In, right. in your head. So you're not just reciting data. You are actually understanding what the data is telling you and you can interpret it. So when you get asked about it, you have a whole lot better answer than somebody that's just looking like a deer in the headlights over here which allows you to, you know, really create a strong foundation, which I know it's one of your later topics that, that we'll touch on. So I don't want to get into that now. I'll, I'll stay on course. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to well, say, was- one of the things I wanted to, um, I, w- I wanted to highlight just quickly is you, that you're saying being knowledgeable has like been a game changer and it really set you up for success. This is actually the thing that we teach new agents, how to be, experienced quote-unquote experienced agents because there was a lot of agents who spent a long time in the business who somehow still don't know shit like they've sold they're like yeah i've been in real estate 20 years how many houses you sold 20 get the fuck (laughs) 20 years of experience you've got 20 houses of experience like we we got new agents who go on and come in and sell 60 homes in their first year so three times the experience that you've got like you know what i mean and one of the competitive advantages for new agents that people don't realize is having a deep understanding of what Peter said, your product and your market, aka who you're selling to, what you want to sell to them, and the market you're selling within, holy shit. Like it puts you over 90%. Over 90% of the way there. Like over 90% of the agents don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. They don't spend the time. They don't make the effort. So 
even though there's a lot of people in real estate, there is actually very few who are actually competing. And there is not a lot you have to do to stand out. And one of them, which I absolutely love you just said, is like twice, I do two videos in the morning. It's like, just become knowledgeable. The people who you serve, the product that you sell and the market which you sell, and you can be massively successful and you can be a brand new agent and be quote unquote experienced agents because they don't know shit. Absolutely. You know, one of the questions that I get all the time is like, like, um, you know, I'll be somewhere and they'll say, hey, how's the market? And so I, I, when I'm coaching, I'm training agents, I ask them that question. If you're approached by someone that says, how's the market? How do you respond to that? Well, the first thing they start doing is they start going into like, oh, well, it's this or that or anything like that. So I try to get them to change their mindset, right? Think about it like this. If someone comes up to you and says, how's the market? Your first response should be, well, what are you thinking about buying, selling, or investing, right? Let's figure out why they're asking that question so we know how to answer it appropriately, kind of like a doctor's office. If you go into the doctor's office and say you're sick, they're not going to prescribe you something. They're going to ask you a shit ton of questions to figure out the best way to help you, right? Yeah. So if I'm asking that question or receiving that question, I need to know if they're buying, selling, or thinking about investing. And if that's the case, then I'm going to I'm going to answer appropriately based on what they're looking to accomplish. Right? There's, a great, there's a great quote, which is, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. Yeah. Such a yeah, great yeah. quote. And it sums up everything for me about real estate. It's like, just I've always, it's ingrained in me that quote because the amount of times we come across it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I will say that the other thing that really helped me out is understanding how to be a good listener and how to ask appropriate questions. And, and anyone in this office will tell you this. I say this religiously. The quality of the questions you ask determine the quality of the answers you get, that. right? Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. So, so Calvin, I got a question for you. Sure. How's the market in your area? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Let me ask you: Were you thinking about buying, investing, <laughs> or selling in the so market? I'm, I'm thinking about becoming a long distance investor. Long distance investors. Okay. What type of investment are you considering? Are you considering VROBs, Airbnbs, long term rentals? Yeah, I'm. De- I'm definitely looking to do this thing that I hear about it. Airbnb arbitrage, so Airbnb, VRBO, short term, you know, most likely, I think that's where the most money's at. Fantastic. You know, I'm glad you're starting to go that direction because Airbnbs right now are very, very popular. And I say that because the amount of people relocating here, the amount of investing that's going on here with new um, new development, um, attractions, things like that, it's drawing so many people in. And so a lot of people who are interested in the area, guess what? They like to stay in Airbnbs. They like to get to know the area. And so I have a friend right now who owns 33 Airbnbs and he's making a killing off of them. So I would love to sit down with you and show you what that looks like on paper and also get you in touch with, you, with him to show you what he's doing to become as successful as he's become. Oh wow, that that would be that would be very helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah. It sounds like you've done this before. So I want to I want to just go a step further back. So when you started out, let's say your second go around in real estate, can, can you give us like a quick timeline on like number of deals in that first year, second year, third, you know, and so on and so forth, even roughly it's kind of over the last eight years or so, right? Um, so yeah, I'll give you, so let me tell you a little bit story, a little bit about me. I have seven kids. Seven? Uh, seven. Yeah. Wow. And I thought I had my hands full of two. Yeah, I, I thought I had my hand full with me. <laughs> yeah, seven kids. Um, so it's kind of a running joke a little bit, but, uh, when I left Unum in 2014, I had $300 in my account, a little over $300 in my account. I had put in a 30 day notice 
and I was scared to death. Like my mother was like, you need to stay there. Um, you know, you've already failed at it once. The, my wife was the only one pushing me. And so I took the leap of faith June 1st. Um, within six months, I had closed 78 transactions. Wait, wait, wait hold on. Seven six to months. eight or did you say 78? 78. Mm-hmm. You closed 80 deals in six months. When, when, when your back's up against the wall and you have several mouths to feed, you hustle every day. What the fuck? But keep in mind, I was also building that up because I had an IT role. I was able to work remotely. So as opposed to me working from home, I was in the office at Keller Williams in the, in the um, conference or in the training room making calls. So in between working on a server or remoting it in that, I was making calls to for sale by owners and things like that. So all this had been building up by the time I left there. See. I don't even know. I don't even know how to follow it. If you guys are watching on YouTube, shameless plug, you're going to see our draws drop and we're trying to pick them up. So Calvin, so Calvin, hold on. I'm not doing whatever you're doing because I didn't close 78 deals in six months. I, I thought, shit, I thought we did well with 100K. That seems like, you know, that's, you, we, uh, let's let's just unpack this, okay? When you were transitioning, now I, I've I've been in an IT role before, so I know when you're working on servers, you're making updates. There's a lot of downtime. Those things just take time. You got to do the service calls, you know, all that stuff, right? But you must have been so intentional and so efficient with your time that you had. That downtime was probably invested no minute to spare. So help us understand. What did that daily set of activities look like? Because I think most people underestimate the amount of action that's required to hit their goals. Like if they think they're going to make 10 calls a day, they probably should be making 100 or 200 calls a day to even get anywhere in the ballpark of what you have done, right? So help us understand some of the numbers, some of the activity that you have done, and how did you do 78 deals in such a short time frame when most agents within a year can't do, you know, some, some new agents don't even do five deals or two deals. And then you have some agents like yourself, you come in second time around. Yes. You have a little bit of knowledge to leverage from previous, you know, attempts. However, I mean, that's extraordinary when it comes to 78 deals in six months. Well, so I figured out one thing. Uh, well, a couple of things. One, you can leverage more sellers than you can buyers. So that was my primary focus. I really, I initially built this business off of for sell by owners. I figured out they were the easiest to convert because they were the most stubborn. And usually, if you if you can understand how to talk to them and let them through their mindset, help them understand that you're valuable and they need your help, they're a lot easier to convert and and. And I think majority of the time, well, I know majority of the time we netted them more money. Um, so it was a matter of conversations. Um, I also figured out too, agents are not very knowledgeable about technology. So there's my USP, my unique selling proposition, right? Hey, I understand how, how internet works. I understand how to get your property out there. I understand how to market it. Um, so that was my unique selling proposition. Um, so it was talk, uh, talking to a number of people. Um, I'm very organized with systems. Um, so I was already using CRM. I was using market leader at the time. Um, so I, I've learned to leverage technology to, to work smarter and not harder. Right. Um, so, I mean, even on our cruise, we were on our cruise to the Bahamas and I think I, I had closed cause I paid for the Wi-Fi 
<laughs> on the ship. My wife, here's the funny, my wife was not in real estate at that time and she was so annoyed. She's like, you're always on the phone. You're always working, blah, blah, blah. Now she's an assistant manager at a title company, um, <laughs> which she's been doing now for about eight or nine years, I think. You sucked um, her in. <laughs> yeah. And I tell her now, I'm like, you're always working. You never have time for me. <laughs> so it's really funny. Um, so it was leveraging technology. It was um, consistent um, prospecting. Um, and then I'm trying to think of what else. Um, I mean, really, it was it was just relentless. I treated it like it was a, a full time job. Um, so and I was very exhausted. I was wore out. And the crazy thing is, a year after I left Unum, they outsourced my job. Which, which, which means that you made the right choice a year before, right? Yeah, and I was scared to death. Timing. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. So when you said, when you say constant prospecting, I think every single person listening has a different definition of that. So what, what do you mean? And I, I think it makes sense actually to even jump into topic number one when it comes to lead sources, because I'm assuming that most of these are going to be intertwined, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're prospecting, how do you define prospecting other than calling your FSVOs? What else? What are you doing? Um, so it's just the amount of people I could talk to. I mean, I was, I was desperate to do anything. So I started with for sale by owners, started realizing there were systems where I can get like, I think it was using land voice at the time or something, um, where I could pull expired and started asking, just, just asking anyone if they knew anyone who was looking to do something real estate related, even if you, if I couldn't help you. So if I was like, Hey, Peter, um, listen, I'm, you know, going through my spiel or whatever. And they're like, well, we're not interested in doing anything right now. Great. Do you know of anyone else that I might be able to help that that has real estate needs that I could, you know, get in front of? And just asking the question. And then, I, I love it. It's that indirect question of like, who else do you know? Yeah. And then it's crazy. It was like word of mouth. People were just sending me their friends and their family. Like, this guy's a hard worker. Like he's motivated. He's determined. Like he's he's different. Built. He's built for this shit. <laughs> yeah. He's got seven kids. I literally, I'm not going to kid you. I had a lady two years ago. Um, her best friend is a real estate agent at another brokerage, a different broker, different company. Yeah. And she hired me as we were going up the stairs while she was asking me a couple questions about myself. We sat down at the table and I got ready to pull out my iPad. And I was like, okay, well, let's go over this. She's like, you already got it. And I was like, huh? She's like, you have it. I was like, okay. Can I ask why? She's like, yeah, I have seven kids. You have no choice but to sell my house. <laughs> that was her response to me. Fair so enough. Like, hell, that works. Find people that are my way. She sold it. She had it listed with her friend prior to um, the year before. I think it was around 250000 We sold it for three seventy one. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So she was blind. And then she sent us her friend. Yeah. And uh, another friend of hers. And we sold her house, too. So that's kind of like so. So, so when you're asking for referrals, how soon are you asking for referrals during the transaction? After the transaction, do you ever go back to people after like a few months? So it's interesting. I used to wait until after the transaction, and I still kind of do sometimes, just in case for some reason it goes south, which we rarely have it happen. Um, but it's now people want to give us. It's funny. It's like 
I'll tell people, you know, honestly, I appreciate you giving me your neighbor or something like that, or would I rather focus on you? And they appreciate that a lot. Once we get your home sold, then if they're still willing to do something, then we'll go and approach them. But you're my main priority because you gave us the opportunity first. Wow. They really, really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I I bet. That's like, that's pretty brazen in like a weird way to be like, I really appreciate the offer, but like, I'm just going to concentrate on you. And they'll be like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, that's amazing. And then all of a sudden you've built way more in like the equity relationship, equity bank account where they're like, we offered him this guy or our neighbors and he turned them down just because he wanted to concentrate on us. Like if that's not the real you want to work with, I don't know who the fuck is. (laughs) Right. Right. Because then they don't feel like a number, right? They know that you're all in on them. And so it it, it makes them want to share your information with other people. So correct me if I'm wrong, but for like when we're discussing lead sources, especially at the start of your career with 78, I'm assuming you were heavy on the cold calling side of things. Is that correct with the FSB? Very, very. And I was script training with some of the top people in our market um, and learning how to overcome objection. I became a really good objection handler. Even over the scripts, the objections were more important. If you were by chance, you ever heard of Jay Kinder? Jay Kinder. Uh, doesn't set ring a bell. Okay. So he was number, he was, uh, for 10 years, he was in the top 10 at Colville Banker. He's now with, um, EXP, um, also. And the reason I say that is you remind me of him, but like you're a newer version. So he, his whole business, he did 4,000 deals and it all started from cold calling Fizbo's. That's his whole thing. People said yeah. it's impossible. People are like, no, they never move over. They never do this, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, well, I've got a phone, so I'll just fucking call him. And he figured out how to convert them. And then that his whole business was predicated on like, he figured out how to convert uh, Fizbo's into deals. And then that he just ground that and he was mm-hmm. top for basically his entire career. And like well, that's what's his staple. Well, it's interesting. I teach something with the lead sources in our brokerage, right? Um, and if you understand the lead sources, the funnel, you yeah. understand Fizbo's are the low hanging fruit, even over something like a Zillow or... You know, yeah. something like that. They're already raising their hand. They're like, hey, I'm trying to sell my house. No matter what they say to you, the, they, at the end of the day, it's their end goal is to net the most amount of money. hundred percent. Right? So if you you can't approach them with telling them that, you have to ask them specific questions to lead them down the path that you want them to go down. You right? make them bridge the gap. Here, here's my question. What are, what are you asking them to progress them from like a zero, no, I'm going to hang up the phone on you to like, Okay, Calvin, here's the listing. This makes sense. I understand the value that you're actually bringing to the table. Okay. Well, let me ask you this question. Uh, Obviously, I'm assuming the reason why you chose to go about um, selling the home yourself versus using a professional like myself is because you want to net the most amount of money, right? You want to save on commission. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. Okay. You know, with with how hot the market is right now, it's why do I need an agent? Okay. I completely understand that. Now, is, is, Saving the commission or netting the most amount of money most important? Netting the most amount of money. Okay. So if there was a possibility you might be leaving some money on the table, would you be okay with that? No, because I want to, I want to make as much as possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. So would it make sense just to sit down for 15 to 20 minutes just to see if there's an opportunity to net you more money? There's no obligation. We're going to lay down all the facts, give you some options and then see which one makes the most sense for you. Now, would that be worth 15 to 20 minutes of your time? Yeah. And, and you know, Calvin, I've actually sat down with somebody previously and it seems like, you know, 
where I have my house listed at, that's where all the other agents came in and it doesn't, you know, they, they're just, seems like they're just going to list it on the MLS and be done with it. You know, the funny thing about that, not to knock other agents, I, I completely understand that mindset because I would think the same way in your shoes, but let, let's be real, realistic. What is an agent actually going to do for you outside of putting the MLS, put a sign in the yard and kind of hope for the best? Is there anything else that you're aware of? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty savvy. I, you know, I, I, I just can look at my contracts. My attorney can look at the contract if, right. if anything. And I don't think that, you know, most agents just kind of hope somebody's going to walk in with a buyer. I mean, I can literally do the same thing by listing it on Zillow. Exactly. Did you know you can actually put in the MLS yourself too? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I could show you how to do that as well. But what if I could show you another way to actually market your property to get in front of as many people as possible to get you as many offers as possible, which would essentially net you the most amount of money. And I could lay that out and show it to you visually. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit different. Nobody has really approached it. I mean, marketing, I thought they were just putting it on the MLS. Do you have a different definition of marketing? Absolutely. And that's why, again, I'd love to meet with you in person so I could show this to you in its full, full in its entirety. So you have a complete understanding of what we're doing different. Because in the end of the day, I don't want to waste your time, but I want to make sure that if we're able to help you and help you net the most amount of money, that you completely understand how we're going to do that. Okay. Yeah, I'd definitely be open to that. Okay. Fantastic. I've got Thursday at four or Friday at 12. Which one of those works best for you? Thursday at four would be great. I'm also controlling my schedule too. <laughs> I actually have a listing partner right after this. I haven't even got a house to list, but you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I have to pull all the stops, that's when I go into like the IT stuff. See, see, um, I like what you've done because you were you were controlling the narrative, you were acknowledging, but you were also not disagreeing with my objection. You were understanding, which was like, wait, this guy just said. Okay, he understands. So it kind of got my guard down for a little bit, and I had to think. <laughs> now I don't call Fizbos, and probably on the, when you when somebody's listening to this podcast, it, it shows, right? Because that's like one of my quote unquote fears. That's why I'm I'm diving into this probably a lot more than than other episodes <laughs> because I am trying to think of the different things that they're going to say. And I'm assuming when it comes to your marketing, you do other things like Facebook, Instagram you know, promotions, reels, all that kind of stuff. And that's what you lay out to them. Um, it is. Yeah. And I show, I take it a little bit further with showing them how I capture people's IP addresses, how we build out display ads, how we do I, what I call to be proactive marketing. I mean, proactive marketing versus reactive marketing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's why it, 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 what I found is it takes their guard down when you tell them, Hey, listen, I completely understand why you don't want to use an agent. And I, I typically tell this, tell them this, like, Hey, I don't think it's an agent you're looking for in this market. You're looking for a marketing genius, someone who can get your, your product out there to as many people as possible. Kind of like if you were to go on Shark Tank and solicit a shark, right? Why are these people so willing to give a portion of their company to solicit a shark? Do you think they're worried about the percentage they're giving up or the net profit? Yeah. I give them examples. I, I also like how you drill down because that's a common thing. Are you trying to save on the commission or are you trying to net the most amount for a property? Right. Well, I ask them, it's like, what's more important to you? Is it what you pay out or what you net? Let's, yeah. let's, let's figure this out together real quick. Sorry to me cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, that's great. 
because because it allows right because once you make that argument hey i'm gonna help you net more money now it gets them thinking of like what else am i not thinking right like like all of us know and everybody's listening there's a reason why real estate is a profession and you are a real estate professional. <laughs> and there's a reason why, you know, if, if you sell 10 homes, you still have more knowledge than somebody who's trying to sell their own. Or if you if you like Calvin and you sell over 100 homes per year. Right. It just there's just a different level of sophistication. So there, so I was trying to give you a little bit of pushback because I know like I just did it FSBO not not too long ago. And. We literally controlled the whole deal, right? We controlled title. We controlled inspections. We, we, it was our own title company. We were controlling the escrow. We controlled the con. Like we literally controlled every single aspect of that deal. And if it wasn't an FSBO, there was probably a little bit more even. But we, uh, I should say, I had to do the job for both parties. I had to do the job for the actual seller and the buyers, right? Mm-hmm. And, they, she, and for all the FSBOs, if you ever listen to our podcast, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> Most of you will not have an actual attorney to review the contract. Most of you will not have a title company because depending on the county... The other party is typically in charge of title. So we made it so easy for her that it was dumb for her not to take the offer. I mean, she basically had to show up to the closing table, sign the paperwork and move her stuff out of the house. She -hmm. had to do nothing else. Everything else came from our side. We communicated. We over communicated. We did literally everything. HOA approvals, HOA doc pulling. So, yeah, I, I think, I'm assuming you probably touch on that as well. When you we, sp- we do after we get under contract. We do most of the stuff, honestly, around the marketing. Um, and I'll give you just three examples real quick. Um, there's, there's, there's one that <laughs> I'll never forget this one. And the funny thing is we actually get a lot of yourself by to actually use us for representation, even if they get under contract. And we've we closed quite a few of those. It's like, hey, you kept in touch with us. You followed up. That's another big part of it, too. Um, Cause sometimes I don't get them the first time. Right. So follow up, but um, we have one that um, this is a huge, funny story. This was year before last or no. Yeah. It was year before last. Um, I called this for sale by owner in October and was trying to get them to, to work with us. They wouldn't work with us. Well, I have a friend who's a wholesaler um, who ended up calling me in January and said, Hey, I have this property. I'm having trouble selling it. Can you, can you market it for us? They had it under contract. Um, the guy was listing for three fifteen. They had it under contract for three thirty. We ended up selling it for three uh, three eighty five. And when I got to the closing table, my friend didn't show up. But I asked, I asked the seller. I said, "Why did you not give us a chance? Like we could have that money that you just. If you guys don't know what wholesaling is, I can go over that anyway. But um, that money you just lost." could have been yours. And he's like, well, I just, I was so focused on the, the commission. I didn't think a, there was any other way to net more money. Yeah. I was like, well, we ended up selling it for you anyway. It's just the money went to, to my friend. No. <laughs> so that was driving a smart ass. I was just like, Hey, you, you just lost quite a bit of money. Um, good. I was going to say, it's just, that is the pivotal bit. It's like, are you bothered about the commission or do you want to make the most money? And that right. single line will make them question everything. That one line will just make them go, no, I want the most money. And in my mind, 
I priced it where it is, so that's the max I can get, and your commission would only detract, rather than like, well, if I can get us an extra, say, 10K, and I'm doing everything, that's my commission taken care of, you're getting your price. You know, even like a very basic example, right? Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 